from 88.7 FM WXDU Durham and available via podcast on the World Wide Web. This is Shooting the Bull, your weekly survey of what's happening in the Bull City, brought to you by the voices of the Durham blogosphere. The opinions expressed on this program belong to the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily reflect those of WXDU or Duke University. Good evening, folks. I'm Kevin Davis with BullCityRising.com. I'm Barry Reagan. I write at dependableerection.blogspot.com. Hey, welcome to Shooting the Bull for Thursday, June 11th. And Kevin, it's good to have you back. It is uh, It is good to be back, Barry. Uh, still fighting off a cold, folks, so I apologize if my voice is a little worse for radio than even it usually is. Well, yeah, we muddled through without you last week, and I didn't, didn't want to do it uh, for a second week. But I've got to tell you, Kevin, I am, I am really jazzed. Oh, why, I am really why are you jazzed, to be Barry? on the air today. Well, last week when, 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 I, did, when I did the show, um, and I had uh, Beach Barbie Beaver on as, uh, as a guest before uh, you know, we were building up to the Beaver Queen pageant, and I hope some of you got a chance to go out and visit it. Last week, I was just another talk show host on a college radio station Mid-power, what are we, 500 watts, 1,000 watts, uh, somewhere around. A couple light bulbs. Right. Um, you know, putting out uh, to, uh, to you know, maybe 40, 50 square miles. But today, I am a talk show radio host and one of the 10 best places to live in the United States. And, you know, I mean, the power... Uh, the power is going to go to my head. It's it's uh, I, I I can hardly contain myself. Barry, you have you have readers and listeners and and fans like Locomotive Breath who wish you'd chosen Auburn or or, or you Claire, Wisconsin over Durham. You know uh, other other top ten towns. Is it Eau Claire? I was just wondering that. I don't know. I, I I never made it up there. I made it as far as Stevens Point, Wisconsin, back in uh, in 1977. Were there um, actually people there then, or just Stevens bears? Point? No, there were people there. there really? Were some very, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought above the tree line, you just I, got in the mammalia. Um, well, Stevens Point is pretty flat, and it's uh, it's it's in a valley. Um, they make paper there. They uh, make um, Point beer, which is a wonderful local uh, microbrew, way before uh, the microbrew uh, phenomenon. Uh, and um, what I did up there was I actually uh, canned green beans for uh, for for two and a half months. During the during the harvest season, it was uh, it was an awesome experience. Did it break your spirit, Barry? Um, no, it just simply convinced me that I would never again eat green beans out of a can. Well, I I think that's a lesson we can all take to heart. So so before we get talking about the top ten, because I think that this question of Durham's top ten is something we want to bring up with our guest tonight, Matt Dees, uh, the editor in chief of Durham Magazine, who's, who's on his on way. His way. <laughs> he's uh, ironically for the editor of Durham Magazine. I think he's lost in Durham, so we'll have to give him a hard time about that. Uh, professional journalist Matt Dees is on his uh, is on his way to the building. But, but you know, Barry, there was a conversation you and I had on the blog a few weeks ago, um, uh, or between our blogs and the comments that with me being out last week, we never got to take up. And that's one of the questions of what I think is a factor that f- helps play into Durham getting ranked in these kind of top ten lists, which is the presence of Duke. And, and we were just talking about this before the show, and you said, you know, I, I said, I, I think part of it, part of what factors into Durham doing well on these lists is the, the part of Durham that's a university town, and, and you had a strong reaction about that. I, I, well, in my life, um, you know, I, I mean, I know you and... and, and you you are uh, a university employee. I know a, a number of people who are university employees. But my life is, for the most part, lived completely exclusively of Duke University. Um, you know, I do the radio show here, which which I enjoy and I appreciate, and and I love the opportunity um, for for the show, and uh, I love the existence of the radio station. When I was choosing a place to live, the fact that I could pick up. Um, non-commercial radio at the left end of the dial in my car and in my home was actually a, a significant factor in choosing in choosing where where I, I lived. 
but on a daily basis. You know, the, the, the money I spend is in businesses that don't seem to be making a lot of their money from the university. Now, you threw some numbers out about what Duke has. You said 40,000 employees? Yeah. Well, 20,000 of whom live in Durham? Yeah, we can get, and we can get to the quantitative in a second. But, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I, I just, like, you know, I went to a university that's um, almost five times the size of Duke that when I looked up the numbers after, after you published those numbers, I looked up the employment statistics, and the university I went to has fewer employees Oh, sure. Than, than that. And I just said, wow, do those numbers really make sense? Well, well Barry, what are we counting there? Well, the, that counts the entire Duke campus. That counts Medical Center as well as, as the university. But it's to my mind, it's those jobs that drive a lot of dollars in. And, and the difference between a, a lot of universities and what are called Research One universities, places like your, your AAU members, your Duke and, and the like, is that these universities get so much in in terms of research grant dollars. Mm-hmm. And to my mind, what you, you know, even if you don't know people who are faculty at Duke or students at Duke, my guess is that a lot of the businesses you like and a lot of the things that are around that, that, you, that you take advantage of are uh, uh, patronized by people who are maybe grad students or postdocs at Duke, research assistants at Duke. And if they're, even if they don't have that direct tie, Research Triangle Park would never have made sense to establish where it was if it wasn't for that triangulation between state, UNC, and Duke. So when I think about I, you know, John Shelp, great example. John comes here, gets his, I believe, graduate or master's degree at, at Duke works uh, for a government agency down in RTP, lives in Durham. That, that, that sort of gravitational black hole pull of people who come to Durham for education, either stay with a local business or stay working for Duke or doing something like that, you know, the numbers of who works at Duke alone isn't, it doesn't tell the whole tale. Right, right. Uh, don't, uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't, dispute, I don't dispute that. I, I agree with you 100% on that. For, from, from my perspective, this statistic, this, this claim that Durham would be nothing without Duke University, and many people have made that, you know, and, I, and mostly I'm responding to commenters on your blog, not necessarily to you. Um, many people have made that claim, and it's almost always in the context of, man, I got a bunch of undergraduates living down the street from me who are making my life miserable because they don't know how to behave themselves, they don't know how to, you know, keep their, their noise down to a, to a reasonable level, they're, you know, puking in my bushes or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that... Actually, that, Barry, that, that was me. I, I just have to admit, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm speechless. Uh, we have. We, uh, let, let me let me call nine one one and see if I can get them to come down and, and, and get you in. No, but but the claim is always made in relation to that. So that when most people are talking about um, the impact of the university on on the community, they're talking about about the undergraduate yeah. students. And and, and and some of the people, Barry, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, and I think I did on the blog, some of the people who make these claims of, well, Durham would be nothing if not for Duke, are the crazy lacrosse people. And they're people who are basically saying as a way to denigrate Durham uh, and saying you know, Durham would be nothing if Duke wasn't here. I, I love Durham for what it is. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is, I think, slightly different, which is that many of the reasons I love Durham are framed and are supported by the presence of a of a large university like I believe, Duke I believe our guest has arrived. I, 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 I believe I mean, our guest you're, has. You're going to have to add lib for a couple of minutes, Kevin. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, but coming back to that point, I mean, both both Duke and NCCU, I think, bring so much in the way of of that economic base, bring so much in the way of, of the employment of research, uh, the dollars that flow in. Ultimately, if if Duke University hadn't been here, Barry, this is something we talked about uh, a bit on the blogs, when the Tobacco and cigarette factories closed down. The textile factories closed down. It's really hard to imagine what could have taken the place of that as an economic engine. Um, you know, what's going to stand in for the job and, and economic base that that drives all of uh, uh, all of a city? 
the fact that that the person who the family who basically founded the factory uh, ended up going and endowing a, a major university has basically allowed the replacement of blue collar jobs, which I don't know if you've seen Michigan recently, but blue collar jobs really don't exist in America anymore, unfortunately, uh, with more white collar, more research, more professional jobs. And I, I, I really think, Barry, uh, that the presence of Duke makes Durham's second act. Well, How was that for filling in? I, I have to assume it was great. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't know how to respond because I missed. I, I have <laughs> I to do this more often. Argument. The scary thing is walking back up the door, the, uh, up the hallway, the on-air light was not on. And I'm saying, oh, my goodness, uh, are we, are, we are broadcasting. There are many people in Durham who hope that the on-air light is not on. Right, right. Anyway, um, we were talking before uh, Top Ten. Um, and I know that um, um, our guest tonight uh, has written a couple of blog posts uh, about uh, the U.S. News and World Report recent rankings, making uh, listing Durham as number five in the alphabetical list. <laughs> I've seen so many people pick up on Durham's number five. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. Well, I don't know if you saw my post, my, my very first post, you know, said we're number five. And then the first line was. In an alphabetical oh, listing, right? It was pretty clear that you start that with the D you know. And you're still fifth. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you got Albuquerque, you got Austin, you right. got uh, Boise, 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 which often makes these lists. Right. Big high tech center, if you didn't know it. In Idaho, yeah, I'll take your word. How for How many it. people know high techs in Durham? I mean, um, uh, well, you do. Well, I work Duke in technology. Here. Yeah. You know, oh, touche. You know? So what, what university is in Boise? The University Boise of Idaho. Boise yeah, State. Boise State is, but yeah. but okay, Boise with the blue football field. Boise's is big thing was uh, no, Matt. Matt <laughs> okay, Matt. Matt Dees is the uh, is the editor of Durham Magazine, which is available <laughs> online at uh, durhammag.com. That's right. Is that correct, Matt? Welcome to the show, and uh, you know, jo- join in in this conversation anytime you want because it's just too much fun to to keep to ourselves. Yeah, we're we're having a lot of fun with this top ten thing, and and, and you had Matt some some thoughts today. I think reflecting on some of what both of us wrote and what you're hearing around the community. You know, what what are you what are you thinking about this top ten ranking? Well, uh, my my post today. By the way, thanks for having me on, and really sorry that I'm late. I, I'm notoriously bad with directions. We were just saying it's ironic you don't know your way around. I, I was listening to that, and I really appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but yes, I I totally deserve it. Although I I am gonna I am gonna give Google Maps a big share of the blame because they totally led me astray. But anyway, um, you know, what what I wrote today was basically, and it was jumping off a couple of things that 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 uh, that you all had written and and that Kevin, you and I had talked about that I thought was pretty interesting. You know. When I worked for the NNO, you know, I was keenly aware of how image conscious, you know, the powers that be in Durham are, um, and obviously for good reason, um, you know, and, and we had a lot of conversations with the mayor and, and city manager and other people at that time of, uh, um, about our role in in slanting people's, you know, perceptions of Durham and that kind of thing. And, and I, some of it was legitimate, and, and I'm and in hindsight more and more, I think some of it was or I think more of it was legitimate now. Um, I, some of it, I thought maybe was oversensitive. But, um, but anyway, so so I sort of my default setting was I, I kind of assumed that most people in Durham were very very concerned about this bad image that we have, and they just want and, and they just want we just want everyone to like us and really get it. And and a couple of things that you all had pointed out was, you know, it's okay if not everybody gets it, and um, and. And in fact, it might be a bad thing if too many people start getting it or think they get it and move here, and then they say, "Hey, but I want to do do you know do it the way I'm used to," and and will and it'll change 
the reason that we make these top 10 lists in the first place, uh, the, the, the things that make Durham special. So, you know, I think that's an interesting point. Um, again, the last point that I made, though, in that blog post was the fact that we're having a conversation about whether it's a good thing to be ranked on the top 10 of best place to live is, is a, falls in the category of good problems to have. So. It, it is a good problem, although uh, after, if anyone's been following the Clemson issue of Clemson uh, changing around all of its institutional uh, direction to make the top 20 of U.S. News World Report. I wonder if uh, if Bill Bell's somewhere fudging the numbers back in the back <laughs> office. But I, I, I would I would agree. I mean, I think you know I certainly feel pride that Durham made that list. But you know, I, I always I was curious when I started seeing these stickers that keep Durham different or keep Durham dangerous stickers that are popping up. It's very much like keep Austin weird. And of course, Austin was another one of the top 10 cities where there's this tension between wanting to be a great place and be attractive. But then the people who move there because of what it's been and what they've seen it grow into don't want it to transform into a Cary or Dallas or what have you. I think, I think my favorite one was the Keep Durham Disreputable um, yes. sticker that, that I saw on the back of a, of a, of a no parking sign yeah. um, downtown. <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't have my camera with me, so I wasn't able to take a picture of it. I actually um, thought it was more significant, significant a couple of years ago when I think it was Out Magazine um, named Durham um, one of the 10, uh, 10 best places to live. My concern in particular with the U.S. News and World Report, is reading the criteria that they used to select their top ten lists. It's like, well, where is Durham on this? You know, I mean, the specific examples that they, they put out there, the facts, the four and a quarter percent sales tax rate, which is off by, by a significant margin. We're actually seven and a quarter percent, I think, now when you add the state and the, and the county sales tax. So people who think they're going to go out and buy a $1,200 stereo system and pay, you know, 40 bucks in sales tax, well, they're going to pay an extra $35. And, you know, they're going to go, hey, wait a minute. U.S. News and World Report said it was four and a quarter percent. Although you had more of a problem with the weather than I did, Barry. You, you move out here from California, northern California, where, where everything well, is... No, I, I, moved out here, I moved out here from the Central Valley, and I got to tell you that you know July and August, when I lived in Sacramento, we had 18 days in a row one year where the temperature was over 100 degrees every day, including 10 days in a row where it was over 110 um, every day. So I'm used to that to that heat. But people who move out here from San Diego, and I know people who moved into my neighborhood from San Diego and were gone in a year. Oh, well, you know? exactly. And you know, and and so so to tout the weather. You know the climate as a reason to to move to Durham, and then to put numbers Barry, out if, there. Barry, if you're in East, look, Barry, I grew I, I grew up in Orlando in a house with new air conditioning, right? And I spent ten years in Boston, freezing my butt off. Right. And I'll tell you, if you're an East Coaster, this is as good as it gets for weather. No, no other way about it, except maybe West uh, Western North Carolina, the Smoky Mountains. That area is is better, but uh, even even parts of, uh, of of upstate New York. I mean, it depends on if you like winter. Yeah, but you know, Barry, it depends on how much you like winter. Then you're having to live in New York, right? Well, and and deal, and deal with the New York State Legislature, <laughs> which is more interesting than ours for once. Well, well, it's it's more interesting than the Durham School Board is, um, at least contemporaneously uh, right now. Sure. Maybe not as interesting as the as the school board was a couple of a couple of years ago. I, I want to jump back in for a second, Matt, to, to what you were talking about, though, about this image question. And you know, you you do come to Durham Magazine from the News and Observer, from being in a newsroom, you spent your formative years in in, in uh, Chapel Hill as editor of the Daily Tar Heel. So I think you do bring that outside perspective on, on how people have seen Durham. What, what is it? What do you think drives some of that negativity? And what's, you know, what, what has evolved for you? What has changed for you, both as you were covering Durham on the beat, uh, the Metro beat, as, as uh, the Internet's guy there for, for a couple of years, and now doing your, your gig with Durham Magazine? Uh, those, are, those are really good questions. I've actually ha um, given that a lot of thought, I have to say. Um, I, you know, I came, and, and I still am... I still love Chapel Hill a lot. I went to school there. I'm kind of one of these disgusting alums who 
really loves it. I can't help it. Um, but and 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 I came and I let, but I got I got kind of tired of of covering it uh, after a couple of years there, and I wanted a new challenge, so I came here to cover the police beat in Durham, and I came with a probably just about and name your negative misconception about Durham. I had it. There's no question about it. Um, and. <laughs> and 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 a lot of people might think that you know covering the police beat you, it might just reinforce some of those things because you'd be sort of neck deep and in, in in the worst of the worst really, um, but but it didn't take me long in, in our really awesome um, space that's just a block from where we are now in Durham Magazine but the space above Parker Notice which was an awesome place to work. Um, but you mean the internet once had a newsroom yeah, in Durham? Yes, it actually that, <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago either. I was inside it. It was it was very sweet. <laughs> it, it was a sweet space, and 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 getting to know a lot of the people there, um, you know, a lot of the businesses downtown, a lot of the people who work down there, um, you know, I found out very very quickly that it was more than than the headlines of crime. Now, I again maybe I was part of the problem at some point, but. I, I will, in our defense, I mean, in the day-to-day -day grind, you're, you're just trying to pump out the most interesting stuff of that day. And, and the reality is you can't, it's very difficult anyway to be, to really, uh, to be as mindful as people would like you to be about the overall impact of what you're choosing to publish that day. So, uh, so again, you know, and I've given that a lot of thought as well. But but what, what I came to find out in, in covering cops and the, um, is is that is that the crime problems are do seem worse from the outside um they are and they are it's not that it's not a concern but they are getting it is getting better at least from all the numbers that we're seeing um in part because of i think some pretty smart moves by the german police department and um and, and but you but again once you're here you find out very quickly that there's way more to it than, than the predominant thing the thing that really screams at you from the headlines um and, and and so and so I I really I really did fall in love with it. Um, my you know, the the question about how the how the gig differs now. Well, <laughs> we could be here a while, so I won't bore you. <laughs> but um, I, I mean I do think that that Durham was hungry for for a publication that um, that looked at what was great about it, and and it's been a pleasure to 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 work on something that, that that's its focus. Um, we are trying, but we are still evolving. We're still not sure, you know, exactly um, the balance we want to strike there. Um, and, and we can get into that more if you'd like, but I, I, won't, I won't bore you too much. But anyway, I, I, I'll just conclude by saying it, it, it's a pleasure to work for Durham Magazine. The response has been outstanding from the community so far. And, and the main difference between working for a newspaper and working for a magazine is that when you work for Durham Magazine, people are happy to see you when you show up to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> how much how much of a change is that is that for you though matt from from the the daily beat and, and i gotta say you know I've, I've really enjoyed how the blog has been coming along too you guys have the dm blog now and thank you and that's and that's taking on a kind of a, a, a you know a really good voice and positioning i think in the in the local blogosphere but you know how how do you do that how do you guys walk that line and by the way i should just add as a disclaimer i now am a am a freelance columnist for for durham magazine so just to get any conflict of interest out there um how do you guys walk that line between being positive about the community without being pangeric? Well, it's it's a conversation we have all the time, and we're still and we still haven't figured it out. I mean, you do have to keep in mind we have we just put out our seventh issue ever, been around just over a year. I've only been doing it for eight months, um, so so we still are trying to figure that out. Um, 
And and and, I, and to be honest, I don't I don't have the answer just yet. I, I mean, some of it is um, is feeling things out. Some of it is tr- I think is going to be trial and error over the next year or so. Um, but I definitely do. The one thing that we well, two things that we really try to do. One, we do try to be aspirational in every sense of the word, and that does mean talking about like some of the you know nicer places to eat, nicer places to shop in Durham, and that kind of thing. But it's also aspiration about what we want to be as a community and what we want to see as a city, and and that's different to different people. But we but that's a question we're after anyway. What do we want to be? And so we we try to look through some things through that lens. The the, the other aspect of it um, is, you know, is as we do. We, we want to surprise people as much as possible um, when you know we, we talk about our covers endlessly and, and you would you know it's probably interesting for the first hour and then, and then after a while it gets old the, the debates we go through about what goes on our cover and and um, and, and the, but the one thing that I always look at is like is this gonna be something that's really gonna grab you and really gonna say you know I, I really need to pick this up and read it and the minute we become stale and predictable is the minute that, that uh, that we lose our impact. So, um, so, so that, so that's what we're striving for right now, but, but where that's going to lead us, who knows? I just want to uh, take a moment to remind folks that, um, you're listening to shooting the bull. I'm Barry Reagan. I'm Kevin Davis. Thunderstorm watch number 379 has been extended until 10 p.m. for the following counties in North Carolina, Alamance, Moore, and Randolph. Remember, a severe thunderstorm watch means that conditions are favorable for the development of severe weather, including large hail and damaging winds in and close to the watch area. While severe weather may not be imminent, persons should remain alert for rapidly changing weather conditions and listen for later statements and possible warnings. Stay tuned to NOAA Weather Radio, commercial radio and television outlets or internet sources for the latest severe weather information. While we're waiting for the for the ES to come back, the we're 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 back. Okay, great. Um Matt, I I, I Wanted to um, ask you now, you know, we talk about the difference between doing a daily newspaper, which obviously the daily newspaper does not have um, as its mission um, making the community look better than it is. I mean, your job as a daily reporter is to say this is what happened, right? Um, And sometimes those things are, you know, are not are not, um, you know, public relations events. You know, sometimes they they do they do make you look bad. Um, You're putting out a bi-monthly magazine. You're you know your your job is different. You have the time to seek out those those positive stories. I know you you said it feels better um, to to do that. Um, what are you know the the positive aspects of Durham that you see um, as the editor of the magazine that you try to focus on? You know I know that like, like I said one of my problems with the with the U.S. News and World Report were the things that they focused on were not necessarily things that one are even here and two if they were here would be positive, at least in my eyes. But what, you know, what's, what's your perspective? You're the editor of the magazine. What are you looking for when you're choosing positive stories and, and ways to portray Durham? Sure. Um, the, I think a lot of it starts with food, to be honest with you, um, because there's so, so many interesting, um, interesting, creative, nationally renowned chefs here. Um, it's almost be stupid if we didn't sort of start there. We do, we do, we do think that's a, that's a great quality of life. 
um, that people enjoy when they come to Durham, and it's and it's and it's a sign of some sophistication that we have. I mean, I think that's one thing that where Durham stands out is it's is it's not um, it's not suburbia, it's not um, sort of. It's not Chapel Hill, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking Chapel is an adjective unto itself. I, I won't go into it that much, but basically, you know, basically, you know, but 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 I mean, that's a that is a real sign that that we are we are a sophisticated urban area is a, is a kind of and, and very uh, restaurants that we have here. One of, one of the surprising things to me a couple of years ago when uh, Gourmet Magazine um, chose to do an article on food in Durham, they went into the taquerias. You know, and and the taco trucks. You know, so so it's not necessarily we're not necessarily talking about you know fifty hundred hundred fifty two hundred dollar a meal restaurants when we talk about food. We're talking about you know working class food here. Right. You know. Absolutely. And 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 that's something that that we've been talking about a lot because because we just start you know with the I guess some of the bigger names we we try to do things that are um, that are familiar in a, in a different way. We try to. T- um, Give a new perspective on maybe some chefs that you'd heard of, but but go a little deeper. That that's one of the things we're we're looking at. We are looking at, at changing up our food coverage a little bit more to include some reviews and that kind of thing. Um, in terms of other positive aspects of of Durham, I mean, obviously um, arts is a huge part of it, and um, we're we're coming out with a piece in this next issue that's that's focusing on some some sort of grassroots theaters, Walltown Children's Theater, um, Man Bites Dog, Common Ground, and and then we're also going to look at, at the Monty. Um, which I know is Chapel Hill as well, but um, but but look at you know sort of in in the shadow of Deepak a little bit, um, you know some of the, this homegrown uh, theater that we have here, and 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 I think that's a big reflection of how important the arts are. Um, those are and we 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 have done a terrible job so far covering the music scene, and we've got some ideas about how we're going to do that as well. So so the, so the, so that's sort of the lifestyle components. Um, we also are we also are trying to do. Um, you know, we, to, to look at it, the things, I guess, that would fall in the category of sort of enterprise news reporting, um, we, we looked at, um, you know, the, the recession and how it was impacting Durham. We looked at the real estate market and sort of like the, the fact that it, it's a good thing that we're pretty stable unless you're trying to buy a house right now in Durham, in which case, you know, you're not getting bargain bin prices like you are in other places. Um, and so and so we're trying to we're trying to and, and then, of course, our big spread about downtown um, was obviously sort of a crown jewel for us. So th- that's the balance I'm going for right now is I, is I want to highlight sort of these nice lifestyle things of like why it's nice to live in Durham and what's cool about Durham. What's We, we, we need to get a little bit more current. We want to do stuff that, that Southern Living hasn't even dreamed of doing yet. You know what I mean? And I mean, we, we, and we're, we're constantly trying to get more inside. And again, that'll come the longer we're around, I think. Um, but, but we're also trying to, you know, and, and maybe that's my, my, uh, predisposition from my news background, but but we're trying to to also bring something that that addresses you know some of the the real challenges and and issues uh, that that people are, are that care about in Durham. So let me ask you something about that, Matt. And this doesn't really tie into Durham Magazine per se, but you know you were on the Daily News beat here in town for a while. Readers of my blog know I was getting some frustration out there about the lack of coverage of the issues underneath the budget for Durham Public School in particular, but this applies to city, applies to county. And you know, even in the days when we had both papers really strong covering the the area, you didn't see a lot of in-depth reporting on those kind of issues. The way that you see when the NNO does, for instance, in-depth investigations to the Easleys, but even then, if I really want to know what's going on in uh, in the General Assembly, it's you know Isaac Hunter's Tavern on WUNC site. Right. 
Right. What is it that keeps daily papers in this town, and maybe all towns you know, this size, from digging in and doing more analytical work around the stories behind the stories? Um, I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of guessing here. I mean, those are those are good questions, but I, I mean, I I would say that part of it is there's a perception, and maybe it's false, but there's a perception that that's sort of the 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 market for that kind of story is is pretty. Is, is a niche kind of market and, and that and that and you're you are looking for the stories that are going to have the broadest impact um, you know we, we we talked about trying I mean we, we did try to dig deeper sometimes or, or well we tried to all the time um, but and, and avoid what we called meeting stenography I mean we, we didn't want to get into the point where we we're just sort of regurgitate or, or basically just summarizing a meeting um, I mean we did we did go but we also but we did go for you know, I guess maybe to a fault, we did did look more sort of at trends, issues, um, uh, maybe social issues uh, to a greater extent than we did. When you start getting into numbers, I think a lot of people's eyes glaze over and they and they go go off to the sports section. I think that that which has lots of numbers, ironically, right, 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 but fun numbers. Um, and, um, and so and and so I think maybe that's a part of it. Um, I, the other part I think is 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 there there's a finite number amount of time in the day. And are I mean, are you going to sit in a room and sort of crunch budget numbers? Or are you going to go after a sexy story that might that might help your career? That that's going to have a, a huge splash. I think there are good examples where the NNO. It's one of the reasons I got to add in the newspapers because I wasn't terribly good at this. But the NNO, when they when they spent a year crunching numbers about um, uh, speeders. Mm -hmm. How speeders got you know we're, we're getting let off the hook and, and um, a great example of, of community sourced which is always you know popular in this these these cost cutting mm -hmm. days but good community sourced information that helped tell a great right. data driven story I still think I still think it, it's happening um, again I wasn't terribly great at it I, I, I really more prefer telling stories than I do the nitty gritty kind of analysis that you're talking about in, in large part because it's I'm better at it so um, but no, that, that, no, that's that's great insight, and you know, I, I mean no disrespect to my friends at, at the Herald Sun or the Internet, and it's actually been good to see a little bit more data in the last couple of weeks on on some of these issues. But you know, there's there's always question marks out there, and and I agree with you. I think it's it's hard for papers to cover. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that you drove some of that. Uh some of that additional coverage uh, with your with your budget analyses, which I, I but that's not unique. Blog blogospheres in every town are are that's, having that, a bit of an impact because, and, and, for narrow audience. And why is that? Because there's a void. Because there's a vacuum, and you know the blogosphere pours uh, a vacuum. Yes, so. or a chance to say our opinions. <laughs> well, speaking of which, we are, are out of time for the evening. Matt, thank you for coming on the show. We're glad you could make it. Thank you for very much for having me, guys. Folks, I'm Kevin Davis with BullCityRising.com. I'm Barry Reagan. I write at DependableErection.blogspot.com. We'll be back next week, and hopefully, we'll be talking about dinosaurs. Take care, folks.